This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Recovery Radio. My name is Steve Martoreno. I hope you're joining us each week as we speak to experts in the behavioral health field. The idea is to generate diverse conversations, meaningful conversations on substance abuse and mental health. And that's, of course, never been more important than now during uh, the pandemic crisis. You know, it's it's interesting when we talk about this, um, the current state of affairs and the learning curve we are all on, which is steep and, and, and manif- manifest. We're learning new things every day. Um, I think it was Frank Zappa who said uh, necessity was the mother of invention. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it was Zappa or not. But uh, That's certainly the case in getting people the help they need with both mental health issues and substance abuse issues. To that end, we um, have reached out to an organization that came to our attention during uh, preparations for programs like this called uh, Unity Recovery. It's a a local organization in the Philadelphia area. And we have with us uh, on the the telephone um, uh, Adam Schled. Adam is the Recovery Support Services Director for uh, Unity. Uh, recovery, and he's going to uh, he's going to tell us about their learning curve and what they do. Adam, thanks for joining us on Recovery Radio. Thanks, Steve. Glad to be here. Can we begin at the beginning? Can you tell us a little about uh, you, your background, and and then we'll get into Unity and the work they do. Sure. Uh, so I'm a person in long term recovery. Uh, I began my recovery journey in 2011. Um. I am from Chester County, Pennsylvania, and um, I came into recovery through a uh, diversionary court program in Chester County, uh, the recovery court program. Um, And shortly thereafter, I decided to start working in in the field of treatment and recovery support. I started off um, on the track to be a substance use counselor, Um, saw a job come up for a... um, to be coordinator of a recovery support program, and it looked interesting. And I took that job in 2016, and I haven't looked back ever since. I've been in, in uh, the recovery support area of our field, and, and I absolutely love it. Tell, uh, so now tell us about yeah, Unity Recovery. It's a, it's a nonprofit. It's relatively new, correct? Yes. Uh, Unity is Philadelphia's newest recovery community organization. We are a nonprofit organization and we only do recovery support we have no clinical component um, to unity Um, our mission is to make recovery support available to everyone who wants it without any barriers Um, we are grant funded through a large generous grant from pennsylvania department of drug and alcohol programs as well as independence blue cross foundation wawa foundation and several others and we have support from uh, the city as well So uh, what we've done is just open up recovery support services to anyone who wants them, um, regardless of their insurance, ability to pay, uh, geographical location, or anything else, any Pennsylvania resident. And in fact, during the pandemic, we've actually expanded our um, emergency protocol to serve people outside the state as well. Uh, But our mission is to just make recovery support available to everyone. we believe that the community is the best source of information as far as um, recovery support needs. We celebrate any positive change in an individual's journey to recovery, and we honor all pathways of recovery. 
So, so when you, uh, so you're talking about a peer-to-peer situation. Now, you know, for for a lot of people, this is the term that's been uh, bandied about since uh, we could all get our music free way back, way back in the Napster day. That was the first time I heard peer-to-peer. <laughs> so, so this is an organization that was set up before the the pandemic to facilitate that ability. Peer-to-peer means just people to people, right? Yes, yes, and thank you for allowing me to clarify that. So peer support, for those who are not familiar, um, is really based on um, the discovery that was made back in 1935 by uh, Bill and Dr. Bob, which is that, you know, the, the ability of one person in recovery to support another person in recovery um, is unmatched. Uh, we have, of course, a lot of wonderful clinical services as well that are available to people. Um, but peer-to-peer is is unique in the sense that you have somebody with lived experience who has been where the other person has been and is really able to empathize with them and, and provide a, a unique level of support. So with peer support services, you have people with lived experience um, who are then given some education and training about the body of knowledge around recovery and recovery support best practices, ethics, confidentiality, and all these other um, concerns that are important um, to be able to provide a skilled um, recovery support from peer to peer. So so, uh, we had occasion recently to speak to uh, representatives from AA, um, and and that's the model, the peer-to-peer model that you mentioned in uh, describing what unity is all about. But if I'm clear about what Unity's broader mission is, it's to bring together on that basis groups beyond AA groups, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we are not affiliated with any particular recovery pathway or program. Um, That was, of course, the beginning of, and you could probably go back further than 1935, but that's what we all know is the beginning of peer support. But Peer support, in the sense that we do it, is is really a science. Uh, we use techniques like motivational interview, interviewing, uh, some cognitive behavioral training, but recovery support and recovery planning are built on a framework of social determinants of health. So we're looking at components of people's lives that are impacted by substance use disorder and then in turn become predictors of resilience when they're reinforced and built up. So we look at all the aspects of a person's life and help them engage and actively participate in recovery planning where they set goals and objectives with us um, on things that they identify would strengthen their recovery. And the recovery specialist works with them using their lived experience and their training and their knowledge uh, to support that growth um, and and the building up of those uh, protective factors in mm-hmm. individuals. So what kind of groups are we are we talking about and how do you judge whether they are helpful in the areas you just described, substance abuse and or behavioral health. I mean, this you, if I understand you, you're not talking about facilitating Pilates classes, per se, or uh, somebody wants to do a dance class. Well, take me through the process. I have a group of like-minded people. We have a something in common that we are struggling with trying to maintain, um, you know, equilibrium on, and we're going to use yoga to do that. Can What does unity do for us? Well, yoga is actually a big part of our um, organization. Um, 
But actually, Pilates, dance, exercise, yoga could actually be part of a very robust recovery plan. Um, so you mentioned groups, and I, I think it's important to point out that a lot of recovery support takes place takes place at the individual level. So we have recovery support groups and recovery meetings. Uh, those usually take the for, we we favor the all recovery format, which is a kind of like a Unitarian Church of recovery. So in the all recovery meeting space, all pathways to recovery are welcome. So you'll have people from 12-step traditions as well as other pathways coming together in that space. Um, and that's just kind of an open topic, general recovery meeting. And we're doing seven of those on online each day, uh, as well as some others, which I'll talk about in a little while. But uh, the individual recovery support is really very person-centered. So it looks a little bit different for every person. Um, the recovery specialist meets with the person collect some demographic information and some, some basic information about the person. And then as they build rapport and the recovery specialist gets to know the individual a little better, they start looking at those, what we call domains of, of the person's life, which consist of things like physical health, mental health, relationships, employment, housing, uh, and others. And then we determine where the person's strengths are as well as where their needs are. Um, this is measured with an instrument called the Recovery Capital Assessment. It's a 10-question assessment that we do every time we speak to a person, and it, it measures, based on their self-report, um, the strength of those various life domains. And then through the recovery plan, we work to build them up. And, uh, and are these sessions... Um both audio and video, or tell me about how the the platform and how how it works on that on that level. Well, that's what's been so interesting uh, recently. Uh, when we originally opened, and our our grand opening was in August of last year, uh, we got most of our funding in November. So, from the beginning, we've had kind of a hybrid model of you know meeting people in person and in the traditional sense, but we have also always used. Uh, digital video as well as telephonic support, um, which is why we're able to so pivot so quickly into this digital environment because this has been part of our um, philosophy from the beginning as far as removing barriers. Um, if people are too far away for us to visit with or if they have other uh, barriers such as transportation, we're able to use that technology to still have those conversations with people uh, and, and do the peer-to-peer -peer work. Have you had the experience so now that we? Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was now that we're in this situation. Of course, we have relied completely on the digital support. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering whether, in the short period of time that you guys have been uh, doing this, you you've run into the the question. Really, can you treat these kinds of problems over a telephone? I mean, do you, do you are you hearing that, or are people now so? Uh, comfortable with using their phones and uh, and their iPads for everything that they they've overcome that prejudice. You know, I think what we're learning here, um, just like any a lot of other situations that have kind of arisen as silver linings to this thing, if it's not too morbid to say that, I think what we're learning is that not only does it work, it's been possible for a long time and. For whatever reason, whether it's just a resistance to change or people doing things the way they've always been done, I think we have favored in-person interactions for a long time. Um, I mean, there there have been some advances in telehealth and telemedicine, but um, 
if you look at a lot of the funding sources that support um, peer recovery and peer supports, they have regulations that favor in-person. They'll limit the number, the amount of billing that can be done uh, telephonically or through telerecovery. And uh, I think we're learning pretty quickly um, that it is effective. It does work. And, and we've certainly seen that since we've started to do it. And guess, we're gathering data as well. Yeah. Our guest on the telephone is Adam Sled. Adam is the uh, Recovery Support Services Director for Unity Recovery Peer-to-Peer uh, Support in, uh, in the Philadelphia area. We have more with Adam straight ahead. This is Recovery Radio. Don't go away. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. Steve Martirano with you on the phone. Adam Sled. Adam is the uh, Recovery Support Services Director with a nonprofit in the Philadelphia area called Unity Recovery. They um, a brand new, a brand new uh, nonprofit that's uh, mission is to uh, support people in um, crisis for various various forms on a peer to peer basis. Obviously, using uh, the latest technology. Uh, Adam, tell us um, t- tell us about some of the services that Unity provides. I know. I mean, I see one of the notes you sent the use of email. That's kind of interesting. Um, so, tell us about some of the services. Well, um, as I was talking about a few minutes ago, we have the individual recovery support services as kind of the centerpiece of what we do. Um, this service is in demand. It's been in demand for several years now, um, and we really feel that we've taken it to the next level with the technology. Um, but we have a lot of other great services that we've been able to provide on the digital platform, and it's really pretty comprehensive. So um, we have a recovery uh, data web platform that we use called Recovery Link, and that is available at myrecoverylink.com. And uh, if you go there, you'll see that we offer a a plethora of digital services, including online yoga, CrossFit, life skills workshops. We have support meetings for individuals in recovery as well as family members. We have specialized recovery meetings for people in the LGBTQ community as well as for women. Uh, And all of this is provided through the digital platform using Zoom. Mm. With a couple of things come to mind, particularly with Zoom now, when everybody's sort of aware of the problems Zoom has uh, has uh, confronted. Uh, what um, safeguards have you guys made concerning people's safety and security of these platforms? Yeah. Um, so, like everyone else, we've dealt with a little bit of the uh, Zoom trolling and Zoom bombing. Uh, we have put several security measures in place uh, using the features um, built into Zoom, um, and we've actually done a pretty good job of, of getting that under control. Um, so, we use some of the some of the features in the rooms, like muting, um, but these have, for the most part, lent themselves pretty well to the recovery meeting environment. Um, and the meetings have continued. Um, and are still going pretty strong. So, and you haven't had any security issues. You haven't had any uh, any of the hackers jumping in and disrupting uh, meetings and the like. We had some uh, last week when when Zoom bombing really took off. We were taken by surprise a couple of times, but we put our um, security measures in place pretty quickly. Um, we got a lot of good feedback indicating that people were feeling safe and, and it was working for them. So we put a stop to it pretty quickly. 
Now, explain for me, because I'm trying to get my head around this. If I need to talk to somebody about something that's going on in my life, and maybe I'm interested in whether yoga would help me, but basically I'd like to speak to somebody. Um, Unity connects me not with a clinician or a therapist, but with just another citizen. Is that right? Is that what we're talking about? Well, you'll be connected with a peer specialist, and we've got a number of different ways that you can do that. So on Unity well, for, Recovery's well, for, website... Well, for, first, tell me what a, what, a oh. peer, what a peer specialist is. So a peer specialist is um, a person with lived experience, training, and education. Um, our peer specialists are certified through the Pennsylvania Certification Board, uh, and all of our staff are peer specialists. So if you reach out to Unity for support... Uh, that is who you'll be connected with. Well, what did you say the the uh, the uh, char- uh, characters or, or um, requirements to become a peer specialist are? Life experience and a peer specialist is someone with lived experience in recovery, and that is um, okay. required to be documented by the PCB. So. The PCB requirements are actually um, being revamped right now, but the last iteration of it was that you had to have at least 18 months of recovery as well as 60 hours of education in specific domains identified by the PCB, and then you had to pass a 50-question exam in order to become a certified recovery specialist in Pennsylvania. That's currently the curriculum is being updated right now, it's going to go up to 75 hours of education, and the test is being rewritten as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Unity charge people for their services? No. And I'm glad you asked that question. Everything is absolutely free to the consumer. We do not charge. We do not seek reimbursement. We don't take any fees. All of our funding comes from grants. Uh, do you have an... I mean, you probably have mentioned this. I just didn't here, is there an app associated with the Unity Recovery, or you just go online? We do not have a smartphone app at this time, but everything that we do is accessible through a browser on a smartphone device, and we use a number of different channels. So you can go to either the Unity website or the Recovery Link website. We have a text line that's available for people to text. We have a chat service online that is connected to the website where people can chat. We have uh, the online meetings, of course, through Zoom, and in the chat function in Zoom, people are able to ask for help, which is then routed to the email. People are able to email into the website for help. So we've got a number of digital channels that are open, uh, all, of course, being coordinated to um, connect people with services. Adam Sled, our guest. Adam is with Unity Recovery, a local nonprofit that provides support services for people who are in need on a wide range of what we refer to uh, hereabouts as behavioral health issues, uh, substance abuse, and or mental health. We have more with Adam and Unity Recover straight ahead. This is Recovery Radio. Stay with us. Welcome back to Recovery Radio. Steve Mortarino with you. We will return to our guest straight ahead. I want to remind you, though, of our partners in the, in, in this effort, and they, they are the good people of, of Retreat Behavioral Health. They are a um, very, very highly respected substance abuse and mental health um, treatment facilities in Florida, 
Connecticut and in the Lancaster area, area, the Philadelphia area. Uh, they underwrote this program many years ago, uh, not because they wanted me to come on the air and tell you they're the only place in the world that can help people. They, and that is the God's honest truth, friends. They support this program as an informational and educational tool. So when I give you their phone number, listen, I, would, I won't kid you. I've seen the work they do. They're they're just miraculous in some of the work they do. Uh, I give you the phone number, though, because if you have any questions or comments about anything in your life uh, that regards uh, substance abuse or mental health issues, you can call Retreat, and you'll, you'll, there'll be a real person who will try to, their best to give you real answers. Uh, and we, we say this all the time as well. Um, they give you the phone number, and trust me, we hope you never have to use it. But it could be a, a difference maker in a, in a tough spot. Retreat Behavioral Health, 855 That's 855-859-8808. From Unity Recovery, uh, I think they're located in Maniunk, Adam, is that right? Yes, that is correct. In in, uh, lovely downtown Maniunk uh, in Philadelphia. Adam Sled is our guest. Adam is the uh, Recovery Support Services Director for this peer-to-peer, what do I call this, a platform or a... Uh, this peer-to-peer organization that seeks to put people together with qualified uh, uh, folks who know something about, you know, helping them, no matter what their problem might be. Uh, You know, before we get into some of the specifics about the future of of this effort, uh, I'm I'm fascinated by this this peer specialist position that I'm gratified to hear is not just somebody standing up and saying, hey, I'm a peer specialist. There is a uh, process by which you have to be certified to do this. Uh, if somebody wanted to do that, somebody wanted to become a peer specialist, what, what, what process would they follow? Well, uh, the process itself is spelled out on the Pennsylvania Certification Board's website, which is pacertboard.org. Um, and the application is there in PDF form. So it's a multi-step process. Um, probably the first thing the person would want to do, aside from accumulating the 18 months of recovery, would be to start taking the classes. Um, the content for the um, educational requirements is offered by a number of organizations across the state. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the Pennsylvania Certification Board is in the process of revamping uh, the curriculum and the process and the, the uh, exam for becoming a CRS. The, the curriculum will be standardized. Uh, what we had previously was a number of different organizations offering the training um, and understandably some variation in the content. So that's being standardized and the exam is being revamped. Um, so probably the first thing a person would want to do would be to start taking the classes and then uh, accumulating the other application materials for the PCB. When they've satisfied the educational requirement, they're eligible to take the exam, uh, and that is at a, a predetermined site and uh, date by the PCB. So uh, this this um, effort to telemedicine, uh, whatever we're calling it, the, the, the marriage of, of uh, technology and public health is, we're, we're at the dawn of that, I mean, in, in a general sense, it's always been it's been around for many, many years, obviously. But but it, on a mass sense, uh, we are at the dawn of this. And the irony is that uh, the reason, um, you know, it, it has focused our attention is because of the, the pandemic. Um, what what in, in your in your uh, 
in your line of work there. What is Unity? What does Unity see over the event horizon? What's what's the future post pandemic? What's the new? We're all talking about new normals. Do you have one in mind for us with regard to this? I think so. I mean, that is a huge question, um, and you know, it's really been fascinating to see how this. Again, not to be morbid, but um, it's been fascinating to see how this develops um, during this time of crisis. Um, Unity's service model already included digital supports before this, and I think our mission at Origin is is going to be upheld throughout this process. Um, using the technology to make this more available to more people under, you know, more conditions, different conditions. Um, we're able to reach a lot of people that we would not ordinarily be reaching with the digital technology. And in some senses, there's a shift, right? There's some people who we were serving in person who we've learned over the last few weeks had some barriers with technology, and we've had to address that as well. Um, so, you know, more access for some people will probably always result in less access for other people. But as technology becomes more ubiquitous and more people have access to high-speed internet as well as the hardware, I think we're going to see overall an, an increase in the availability of these services to people using these digital platforms. Well, it's certainly obvious that, that something like Unity uh, was born um, at the exact right, right moment. Um, and I mean by that, what do we have now? Two generations, perhaps? Two, maybe two and a half generations that were born with um, telephones in their hands, um, with their faces in front of screens. I mean, you know, it's a fairly common experience going forward if you're a certain if you are of a certain age. But how does Unity reach out beyond that that group, you know, that demographic, to not people so much that have a barrier to technology who don't have the technology, but people who have the technology but really aren't comfortable and familiar with it? How, how are you reaching them? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I uh, was writing something the other day about... Um, using an electric typewriter when I first went to college. So I'm kind of in that generation that straddles the divide between the old technology and the new technology. One of the beauties of peer support is that we're able to work individually with people. If we can get somebody on the phone or maybe on a Zoom video, and we can literally provide tech support for them. So instead of just giving somebody a cold referral and saying, hey, um, go sign on to this and um, use this platform. We're there with them every step of the way, just as uh, we would help them with an application or some other process. Uh, we can help them with the technology. And what we found most of the time is that with a few pointers and with the assistance of somebody, um, people are able to take advantage of the technology. A good example is the DocuSign. We implemented a um, DocuSign platform so that we can get our documents signed for people when they um, initiate services. And a lot of people are intimidated by that if they've never used it before. And I had one of my peer specialists say to me this morning that once they got their participant into the program, all they had to do was click and sign, and they found it so easy um, that it was no problem. So just that that personal assistance makes a big difference. 
I mean, it's critical. Uh, anybody who's taken any look at uh, what it takes to be effective on the Internet will tell you. I'm talking about designers, for instance. They will say that w- one of the key components to making sure that your site or your podcast or your, your website is uh, well is well trafficked is that it you it's really got to be easy uh it's really people don't want to do a lot of thinking when it comes to getting getting information uh getting information that way so if i heard you correctly um i could be sitting around in need of some kind of peer-to-peer services afraid of the technology but as long as i can call your phone number you will make a simple phone call you will take me through the process Yes, and you can reach out by phone, text, chat. We're going to use whatever channel is comfortable for you to begin with and ease you into the technology. Um, and again, we're seeing great success with that. So, so let me ask you uh, to, to again look into the crystal ball here because we're all, we're all speculating on what the world's going to be like when this thing mercifully goes away. I'm old enough, unfortunately, to to remember <laughs> um, something. I know, I know young people are going to go, what? Um, when the doctor would come to your house, uh, the do- house calls were as routine as having the, the, the mail delivered or, you know, water coming out of a faucet. You, you, you got ill, uh, the doctor would come and with his little bag and he'd treat you right in your own bedroom. Well, you know what? That was a thousand years ago. Um, we are in a technological sense uh, circling back to something like that, aren't, aren't we? I mean, there's going to be a time when when when. Young people are going to go, you mean you mean to say you used to have to go to a doctor's office for this? You had to go there? Uh, can you imagine that uh, where visits to your primary physician uh, would be handled on, you know, for certain things completely in a technological way? That's a really great point, Steve. It makes a lot of sense. And you're right. We are basically doing digital house calls. Um, and I think that's really important, especially in our field. I know just from being in the field a few years, I've seen people with legal obligations, for example, who have to get to outpatient, um, not only because they want to be treated and recover um, and their motivation is in the right place, but also because if they don't get there and show up for their appointments, they're going to have legal consequences. And I've seen people struggle with barriers in our communities, whether it's transportation or scheduling or childcare or work obligations, trying to to get the treatment and the recovery support that they want um, and coming across these barriers. So this is just another way that we can make this more accessible to more people in the comfort of their own homes. And it's not, we're not so very far. I know that uh, Unity is uh, dealing uh, essentially with psychological or emotional uh, issues. Um, but, But we're not so very far off from a time where you will be able to place your hand on the screen of your iPad or your or your or your uh, your smartphone and have your primary physician check your blood pressure and heart rate and um, who, who knows maybe even look at your tonsils and so this idea of a future uh, with less visits to the doctor's office and more of what you you refer to as digital house calls is really not so much science fiction. Adam Sled, our guest here on Recovery Radio, he is with Unity Recovery. The, the future, I think, is right there. Stay with us. We have more with Adam. This is Recovery Radio. We're back on Recovery Radio. Steve Martorano with you. Uh, we've had a fascinating conversation uh, with Adam Sled. Adam is with 
Unity Recovery. It's a, uh, a platform, a website that uh, provides services on a peer-to-peer basis to people who have issues on a wide range of behavioral health uh, matters. Uh, so, I, I mean, Adam, you guys are really on the on the. I think you're on the frontier of this stuff, and uh, what looks like a brave new world today is uh, probably going to be routine very, very quickly. Um, you know, we've talked about Unity and the services they provide and chatting and online meetings and e- even through emails and and uh, and the like. I-, I wonder if you can share with us just a couple of stories, a couple of anecdotes of people that you've had the experience with that have used Unity. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there really are just so many um, amazing stories you know, we have had, I mean, I, I can take you through kind of a, a brief timeline. We closed on March 13th, um, the brick and mortar um, center for people to come in and we went completely digital. Um, at that point, we launched our online recovery meetings. Uh, by March 20th, we had served 10,000 people in 11 countries. Um, by April 8th, we will have served 40,000 people in 24 countries, and we have partnered with three other recovery community organizations from as far afield as Oregon and New Hampshire, um, incorporating over 60 peer staff facilitators for the meetings. So the reach has just been incredible. We've had people from Australia, Canada, England, um, far corners of the earth, and people have been reaching out for you know, a lot of what we usually see in recovery support, but for some reason, having the distance and the digital divide just makes it so much more profound. Um, one of the first messages we received in the first week was from someone who wanted to detox herself from benzodiazepines. Um, and without getting too clinical, that can be dangerous. So uh, we were able to advise this person to speak with her doctor, which sounds pretty simple, except that when she reached out to us, she was reluctant to speak to her doctor. Um, Part of it was the social isolation, and part of it was just some feelings that she was having, but she was hesitant to reach out to the doctor, and through a couple, this happened through text message, a couple text exchanges, she agreed to do so, and then we followed up with with her the next day. The doctor had put her on a, a good titration plan that she was able to do at home, And this person was now safe because she had reached out and and just asked for a little peer support. We don't give medical advice or clinical advice, but the advice was reach out to the doctor, and she was able to do that. We've had people reach out uh, looking for sponsors, and, of course, we direct them to the appropriate uh, recovery fellowship in order to get that kind of support. We've had people reach out looking for individual peer specialists. We've done probably about 20 to 25 intakes for individual recovery support. We've had people reach out just to say thank you for being there, just mm-hmm. letting us know that, that you know the meetings make this incredible difference. When they thought they were going to be isolated from their recovery community, they've been able to find that with us. Well, you know, it, again, it, it's um, a remarkable uh, convergence of things. You've, you've got a, you've you've got a problems that we've been talking about that are by their nature isolating, and the old paradigm was. You know, no one ever expects substance abuse. No one ever, start, you know, expects alcoholism. And they're never prepared for it when it comes, never prepared for it when it comes crushing down upon them. And the old the old um, 
story is, well, you know, who do you talk to? You know, you can't go to your neighbor. You, it doesn't surprise me that that person you're talking about wouldn't go to their primary physician. They never talk to their primary physician. So we now have a generation or two that are very familiar and very comfortable with just sending somebody a text saying, hey, I, I had a problem here. So it's it's easy to see how the need and the technology have come together at at the right moment. And we certainly didn't need a pandemic to make that apparent to us. I have one other question with regard to, does Unity have any uh, formal or informal relationships with with uh, treatment facilities that they refer to? Do, do, you, do you do that? No, we do not. We do not. Um, Unity has no affiliation or relationships with any treatment organizations. Um, if somebody needs a referral, we refer them to um, either publicly available resources or we present them with a menu of options to choose from. It's very personal, person-centered, and um, we're, we don't um, I understand. express any favoritism. Yeah. Right, Adam, well, you know, the, the program is broadcast locally in the Philadelphia area, uh, but it's heard widely. But I, I do want to give you an opportunity to remind people here. Well, actually, people anywhere listening could avail themselves of Unity. If they want more information, how do they get in touch with you guys? Yes, yeah, so uh, the main website is unityrecovery.org. And if you go to that website, you will see our um, link to the meetings at the top in a banner. And then in the lower left, you'll see the chat icon for chat. You can also go to myrecoverylink.com. That is our online data platform, which also allows access to a lot of other uh, digital supports, including yoga, CrossFit, um, and some of the other meetings that we have. Terrific. Adam, thanks uh, Thanks for your time uh, and uh, success with your good, good work. Uh, Adam Sled, uh, Unity Recovery, has been our guest on Recovery Radio. Thanks again, Adam. And thank you all for your attention. This is Recovery Radio, again, brought to you by Retreat Behavioral Health. If you need information about anything you've heard here, uh, you can call Retreat and get answers. 855-859-8810. Uh, Till then, be safe. See you next time. Bye-bye. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been prerecorded.